This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Pinyard, head coach of This Naked Mind, and I'm back for another edition of Coaching Questions. Um, so we get sent questions all the time, and so we gather them and we answer them here for you um, so that you can get a sense and a glimpse of what the This Naked Mind method is all about. Um, so I'm going to dive right in. Question number one, I've noticed that when we have a slip, many talk about going back to day one. However, this feels a little bit like Groundhog Day. As an example, I might go seven days or eight days without drinking, and on day nine, I end up drinking, and then on what would have been day 10, I'm now calling it day one again. This doesn't feel good. Is there a more productive way of looking at these slips? Yes. Uh, Such a great question. So a couple of things to think about this, right? Uh, What we do and what we work on here at This Naked Mind is we work on your thinking about alcohol and your thinking about your own drinking so that the behavior change part of it becomes a choice, right? Not something that you're, you know, gritting your teeth and just getting through. So you're not white knuckling it. Um, Now, I want to just first make a comment about counting days. Some people find it very helpful. Um, Some people like to, you know, cross off days on the calendar and see this long line of X's. Um, While to others, uh, that just looks like a bunch of days of being deprived. Um, So this is ultimately a very um, up to you in terms of what you prefer. If you like to, you know, maybe use an an app on your phone and track the number of days alcohol free. Um, or if you, and pay close attention to it, um, or if you don't really want to worry about it that much and just have a date on the calendar. Personally, when I did this, um, I used an app on my phone, I set it, um, and then I just didn't look at it for a while. And then from time to time, I'd be like, geez, I wonder how long it's been. And I'd pick up my phone and be like, oh, 25 days. Oh, three months. Oh, eight months. Um, that was what worked for me. Um, but it's different for everyone. So first of all, If counting your days and seeing that momentum is something that pushes you, great. If, and it sounds like this might be the case for you, you don't like the fact that you know it always resets, then I have another idea for you. One thing uh, that we talk about in a lot of our programs is, you know, again, taking the frame of reference that we have around quit alcohol and quitting alcohol and shifting it. Um, And this is a perfect example of that. So I want to talk to you about, you know, we've got a 30 day program and a lot of times people will say, man, I made it to day 28 and then I drank and the whole thing is a failure. That is not true. That's not the way we see it. As a matter of fact, if you go through 30 days and you drink one of those days, you are 96% successful. Right. And what a great way to look at it instead. Right. Instead of saying, oh, I went I went through 28 days. I drank on day 29. So the whole month is a waste. No, not at all. You had a bunch of alcohol free time under your belt. um, And at the end of the month are 96 percent effective. Right. Or if you look at your goal is maybe 60 days and maybe in those 60 days you drank five times that's still 91% successful. And even if that percentage is lower, the point is looking at it in this positive way, looking at it in this way that says, you know what, I set out to achieve a goal. I didn't get all the way there, but I got this far. And I would challenge people, you know, say you had 30 days and you drink 15 out of those 30 days. So you're exactly 50% successful. I would challenge people to go back and look over the last year of their life. When was the last time you were 50% successful at a goal like this? 
Chances are it's been a while. Um, so that's the answer to the question really is stop. If counting days is something you don't like, don't count days, right? Instead, use this percentage figure and say, look, I'm shooting for 100% at the end of this 60, you know, 30, 60, 90 day stretch. And when you get there, look back over your experience and figure out how successful you were. We have people involved in programs that will do that over the first month uh, alcohol-free. They'll do that even over the first year alcohol-free. Um, and it, it makes a huge difference um, to take that spin on it and to celebrate that win of 90% effective over celebrating the I didn't make it and the whole thing was for naught. So I hope that, I hope that helps. It's a really, really awesome question. Question number two, can you talk about how to dial up on holding yourself accountable and self-integrity? I'm realizing that I have constantly looked outside of me for the solution to my drinking. I've wanted someone else to be responsible and someone else to fix me. And as I've said before, I don't follow through on promises to myself. Would love to hear your thoughts on how I change that and ensure I honor my commitment to myself in the same way that I always honor my commitment to others. I am so glad uh, that this question came in. So the first thing I want to point out, and it sounds like uh, this questioner is getting is starting to understand this, um, is blaming others or the situation, um, f- you know, for your drinking is giving up your power to that. So if you say something like, "I have a really stressful job." And I have to, and I drink because my job is so stressful and I just can't handle it because of my job. Every time you say that, you're giving your job more power over you and your life than you have, right? And what ends up happening when you give up your power, you end up not being able to change. So this step, this question of recognizing, wait a minute. This is on me, right? It doesn't matter if I have a bad relationship. It doesn't matter if I have a difficult job. It doesn't matter if, you know, life circumstances I feel like are holding me down. Ultimately, this is my choice. And this goes back to one of the key ideas in this naked mind. Uh, We talk a lot about how alcohol is an addictive substance. There are studies after studies after studies um, that show this. Um, And so alcohol is addictive to humans. So as a human, if you get addicted to alcohol, that's not your fault, right? That's the fact that you were ingesting an addictive substance. However, even though it's not your fault, once you recognize it, it's your responsibility. Um, And this is so beautiful because once you see, okay, once you become aware of the issue and then become aware of, wait a minute, I've been putting this on, you know, my husband, I've been putting this on my wife, I've been putting this on my boss, whatever that is for you, you can actually reach out and grab that power back and you can act, you can start making the change. So, you know, and, and the opposite is also true until you recognize that until you see, wait a minute, I'm putting the blame on someone else. I'm putting the problem on someone else. Um, you can't, um, you can't do what you want to do. You can't make this change happens. And here's the thing, you know, when it comes to commitments about ourselves for a lot of us, I know this was the case for me for years. I kept saying, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to quit drinking. Here we go. Right. Uh, Friday's the big day next week. I'm going to do it. You know, I set a date way out in the future and all of these things. I let myself down over and over and over and over. 
And just like, I mean, think about what it would be like if someone in your life, someone not you, let you down a bunch of times. Eventually, you wouldn't necessarily trust them, right? So when they said, hey, don't worry, I'm going to have that report done on time, part of you might be like, yeah, right, right? Uh, We would all do that, right? Because people teach us how to treat them. Um, But you're also going to teach yourself how to treat you. Um, And so what happens, we end up breaking this commitment to ourselves over and over and over. And it begins to feel like we're not going to be able to make this commitment, like we're not going to be able to make this change happen. But... um, you can you can change that. And the way that you change that is exactly the way that someone who you might not trust wins your trust back, right? Make small commitments back to yourself, right? So maybe that commitment is, um, you know, I'm going to meditate for two minutes a day, right? Something ridiculously easy that you know you can achieve and then do it on a consistent basis. What will happen over time is you will start to change. You will start to trust yourself more and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm doing this thing, right? And then as time goes on, you can actually, you know, start building on that trust. And as you do that, you start making those commitments and keeping those commitments to yourself. That's when you start to realize, uh, okay, not only did I take my power back from this situation, Um, whatever it is, right? Bad job, bad marriage, bad financial situation. We all have problems, right? But, you know, whatever, whatever problem or issue you were giving all your power away to and blaming for your drinking, suddenly you've got this string of commitments that you've kept to yourself. You recognize, wait a minute, I can be responsible for this situation and I can take steps, whatever those steps are, to make a change in my life. So maybe that step is reading This Naked Mind, the book, or maybe it's joining one of our programs, or maybe it's joining a completely different program. It doesn't matter. What matters the most is that you, this realization that you seem to be having that, you know, I can't blame other people for where I am and it's time for me to personally take the first step, that is how you get to your goal. So I, you know, I read this question when it came in and I, it just makes me so excited because nothing can actually shift. Nothing's actually going to move until you take on that responsibility, right? You need to absolve yourself of the blame. There's no blame or shame in getting addicted to an addictive substance. Ultimately, that if you think about it for a minute, that's just kind of a silly idea. That's a complete cultural construct. So once you can understand that, and then you can say, look, I'm taking responsibility for myself because I'm enrolling in this course. I'm doing this work. That's how you make change happen. So fantastic question. Make those micro commitments to yourself. Build up a string of uh, doing what you say you're going to do. Those commitments will eventually grow and you're going to be well on the road to change. Thank you for sending in that question. I really like it. Uh, All right. Question number three. I'm worried that I'll replace my alcohol use with another bad habit. I've been watching Netflix uh, every night. I'm at 18 days alcohol-free. That is awesome. Congratulations on 18 days. Um, I look forward to the Netflix, and then I stop the day's uh, activity like I did with drinking. Am I just substituting a new habit? I know alcohol is more than a habit. Is this behavior something I need to change? Um, so first of all, you're correct. Uh, drinking um, is is more than a habit. I think a lot of us think of it as a habit. I think a lot of us um, maybe like to think of it as a habit because it just sounds like, oh, that's easy to change. Like I can I can change that. I can make a difference with that. Um, but here's what I would say, especially in relatively early days, like 18 days alcohol free, be easy with yourself. So one of the things you're experiencing now, which you haven't experienced for a a long time, um, is the ability to actually relax 
consciously enjoy things. It's funny you bring up Netflix because I went through this period of time when I first quit drinking um, where, I mean, there are plenty of, of movies that I watched with my with my wife um, that I didn't remember, you know, and I had shows that I really liked and everything else. And I remember when I quit drinking and then I started watching this material again, I was like, whoa, like this is more complex and interesting than I remember, right? There was like this whole other world, this whole other dimension to these shows and the things that I would watch that I just didn't even know existed. Um, and it was because I was numbing out and I was either not really able to pay full attention or I was otherwise, you know, maybe I was um, uh, uh, just, you know, even like to the point of blackout, right? And so I didn't get everything that was coming at me. And when I first quit, watching these shows again was a massive pleasure for me. It was great because I was able to follow it. Um, so you are relaxing, you know, consciously for the first time in a while and you deserve it, right? This has been a big change for you. And I think it's awesome that you're doing it. So the question of, is this a problem or not? Am I trading one thing for something else? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of things to think about with that. Um, ultimately my, my, my recommendation is that if you are feeling okay with watching Netflix for now, it is okay to watch Netflix for now, right? One of the things that can happen, and I see this a lot, is people say, I'm going to quit drinking. I'm going to become a vegetarian. I'm going to learn French. I'm going to change my career, and I'm going to do it all in a month, right? We get all motivated and revved up. But then what happens um, is it's such a massive amount of change that it can be tough for us. Um, so you just went through a really big conscious change of going alcohol-free, which, again, awesome work on that. Um, give yourself some space. Give yourself some grace, right? Allow yourself to react and allow yourself to adjust. It's very common, and I, I also went through this as well. When I first quit drinking, especially, you're a little bit outside of the two-week range, um, but it's common to be a little bit tired. It's common that sleep isn't isn't so great. It doesn't happen to everyone, but it can happen. Um, so for me, there was also a lot of Netflix at first. There was a lot of... <sighs> end of the day, you know, just relaxing because I was tired. Um, so if that's you, that's totally okay. What I would pay attention to is if you start to feel this become a compulsion, right? If you start to feel like, man, I need to watch Netflix tonight. Um, say there's an event or something going on at your community or somewhere you're involved with um, and you got to go and it's from six to nine at night um, and suddenly you can't watch your Netflix. Is that going to like really bother you, right? Is that really going to get you to the point of being upset um, and angry? Um, if that's the case, then yeah, maybe it's something to look at. But my guess is from reading the question, um, that you are, you are in that transition phase and it's a wonderful time. So I want you to enjoy it. You know, I want you to think through, um, you know, what this means to be able to sit there and consciously watch Netflix, to be able to come home at the end of the day and actually relax is such a, such a special thing that so many of us have missed for a while. Um, so uh, in summary, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, this is likely okay, but just pay attention to it. If you find yourself doing it and you don't want to, if you find yourself compelled to do it in a similar way that you felt compelled to drink, um, then it may be time to look at it. But for now, you are, uh, you're getting back to normal. Um, and so if there's a little extra Netflix in the early days, so be it. I'd say it's well worth going alcohol free. So I hope that I hope that helps. Okay, I am on to the last question. Um, can everyone moderate? I've tried a few times over five years alcohol free, but without support or knowledge. It seems alcohol gets me, and I am trapped. Um, fantastic question. And this is this is probably. Uh, top 10 of the questions we get at this naked mind, maybe even top five. 
Um, so many of us want to be able to do that. As a matter of fact, when we get to the point of engaging with, uh, you know, com companies like this Naked Mind, um, we've probably tried to do it multiple times. I know I did, right? I went through all of those different phases of, man, only one drink at a time, uh, only drinking on weekends, uh, which then became Thursday through Monday, um, only, uh, only drinking when I'm out. That was a big one. Like I wouldn't keep alcohol in the house, but I would drink when I was out to dinner. Um, none of those things ended up working for me. Um, and so, and, and my experience is not unusual. So, you know, ultimately, whether or not you can moderate, it depends on a whole variety of factors, right? Like how far down the road you've gone uh, with alcohol, you know, how ingrained it is in your life, how ingrained it is in your social life. Um, there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it that make this kind of complicated. But what we can do is look at the data from our own life. So it looks like to me, um, you were... Um, you tried a few times, um, but then ended up not getting where you wanted to get to. So right there is a data point. It does not mean that moderation is impossible forever for you. Um, it does not mean that, you know, that you're never going to be able to do it and that you're doomed no matter what um, to stay drinking. Um, in our programs, we have a process and we talk about moderation and what that actually means. And one of the things we discuss um, is this idea of non-negotiables. So you set whatever your moderation plan is and you say, okay, um, either I, you know, I'm going to have whatever, whatever that is, right? So one drink a night. Um, and if I go over more than one drink, I'm going to X, right? So that non-negotiable is one drink a night. And if you find yourself operating outside of that, that's when you make a change. And a lot of people will say, hey, I'm going to try to moderate. Um, I'm going to set it at a one drink a night limit. If I go outside of one drink a night, I'm going to do 30 days alcohol free, right? And so you have those guardrails and you're very honest. This, this really requires ruthless honesty with yourself or accountability with other people um, where you say, this is what I want to be. And if I go outside of this, then I know that something's wrong. Ultimately, the naked mind process is really about changing our thinking, as I, as I said earlier. So as you change your thinking, you go from this place of, man, I cannot moderate, right? I don't know, um, you know, I, I, I feel compelled to drink, but I don't necessarily want to drink, but you feel like you don't have a choice. You go from there to having the freedom to choose whether or not to drink or to moderate, um, one thing that can be really helpful with this is getting some alcohol-free time under your belt, right? Experiencing events without alcohol um, will help you sort of rewire your brain to get around um, those triggers. So things like social events or parties or work events or ball games, whatever it is that you do where alcohol is usually involved, if you can experience those without alcohol, then you're going to have a better baseline and understanding. Um, some people end up choosing a full year um, but that's, you know, obviously not required. There are a lot of different things that, you know, that factor into what make us drink. And if you can get comfortable with, okay, these are my triggers and these are what I do about them. If you can set your non-negotiables and say, hey, I'm going to stay within, you know, in this lane, um, then there's no reason that you cannot moderate. Um, what I will say, and the one thing that is tricky with this, and I know was a real pitfall for me, was I would set those rules and then I would just break them. 
Um, and then over time, it's kind of like in the last question about not keeping commitments to myself. Um, over time, I started to really doubt my ability to keep any sort of commitments to myself. And it took me a long time to kind of build that back up. Um, so, you know, what the plan is there is set those non-negotiables, set what's going to happen if you go outside of those non-negotiables and stick to it. It may be that moderation is something that works for you in the long term, and it may not. Um, no matter which one it is, um, be happy that you've arrived at that answer. You'll know when you're there because you're going to feel comfortable and you're going to say, you know what, this is a choice that I'm making. I have the freedom to go in this direction. Um, and that's what this process is all about. So fantastic question. I really, um, it's such a, it's such a fascinating topic, moderation, because everyone wants to try it. Um, and we've all tried it at the same time. So there's just so many experiences and things to talk about there. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening uh, to this month's edition of the Coaching Podcast. Uh, I will be back next month answering more of your coaching questions. Until then, take care. Have you tried the alcohol experiment? Okay, if not, drop everything and go to thisnakedmind.com forward slash experiment. This free 30-day challenge is designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You remember it was that version of you that's living your most joyful life, the version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or to have a good time and is having more fun than ever. And again, this is a totally free challenge that will change everything for you. So learn more and join me 100% free at thisnakedmind.com forward slash experiment. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.